Good morning. Happy Friday. Deja vu. Yay. This is our second attempt to start the show today. <laughs> Got barking dogs and I'm pressing buttons with my hand and it's all kinds of crazy on a Friday. Pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. Uh, you weren't here yesterday. I had to do the show by myself. I know my phone was dead and I didn't know it. We're so like high tech. Yeah. Or I am. I well, say. trust me, if you could see what was going on on this side, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be saying high tech. <laughs> Got like a laptop plugged into a headphone jack. That's what I got going it's on. It's new media, man. It's new media. Yeah, this, you know, the, I what I like about it is it allows us to jump on here and just get going. You know, there's not a lot of yeah. setup or anything, which always makes me l- less likely to want to do it. So this way you can just jump on, get going, and start talking about what you want to talk about. Like I did yesterday, you know, you weren't running around and we kind of, I kind of knew we wanted to talk about some of these clips, you know, proving that. The intelligence community was out to get Trump using just the Democrats' own words as a source. And so... Yeah, Chuck Schumer, uh, six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. Dana mm-hmm. Bash from CNN saying that they'll get back at you even if you're the president. And um, Phil Mudd talking about how uh, they wanted to... Well, this wasn't in the clip, but how they wanted to take Trump down. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. About them wanting to go after Trump. Well, and Yeah, and about Phil Mudd. So Phil Mudd was Robert Mueller's deputy at the FBI. Deputy, so he was the yeah. second deputy director mm-hmm. at the FBI. And uh, we're going to talk about what he just said a few days ago. And I'm going to go ahead and read the quote from the hill from the story talking about the clip that you played yesterday where he said government is going to kill this guy so this and that is, was the headline yeah this is real quick just this is back in 2017 this is august of 2017 yeah and um you know it was obvious to me you know he was saying it colloquially he wasn't saying he was going to literally kill him right um but but that was the headline. But here, here, here's the quote from the story about it on the Hill. CNN counterterrorism analyst Phil Mudd warned that President Trump is agitating the government. How dare he, right? Saying during a Thursday afternoon interview with CNN anchor Jake Tapper that the U.S. government is going to kill this guy. Quote, unquote. Mudd, who served as deputy director to former FBI director Robert Mueller, said Trump's defense of Russian President Vladimir Putin has compelled federal employees at Langley, Foggy Bottom, CIA, and state to try to take down Trump. Wow. Those are not my words. That's That's Phil Mudd's reporting. Yeah, on what Phil Mudd had said. That's crazy. They were telegraphing this idea that they were going to take him down but in their mind they were the heroes right and they thought take trump down they thought the american people were, bad right they thought the american people were going to go along with them too they thought they were going to be able to convince everybody that this was the right thing yeah so it kind of goes back to the idea of what we were talking about, of them going to, they're going to try to say, well, we really thought that he was a Russian spy or blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you that Comey never one second in his life thought that Trump was actually a Russian spy. 
Well, this is where it's really nice to have Phil Mudd's words because, I mean, he worked with these guys. He is one of them, you know? And if he right. is out here, you know, saying these things that they were out to get him, they wanted to, you know, and, and, and it's not just him. Like, like in those clips I played yesterday, Richard Engel, he's got a source saying the same thing, that the, that the, the intelligence community is angry with Trump and, and that they're out to get him. Again, these are their own words. These are people yeah. who are talking to sources who, who know people inside the intelligence community. So this is as close to the source as you get. And the frustrating thing is that these were media people. And we've also talked about, and I think we've played, that clip of Chuck Todd saying the dossier was fake news. Yeah, talking to the flat out says editor of BuzzFeed, yeah. yeah. Flat out says it was fake news. So all of these media people that have been pushing this Russian collusion conspiracy theory for the last two years, they all knew exactly what was going on. Well, even Comey did. I mean, even Comey testified that he knew that the dossier was quote-unquote salacious and unverified during the time when they're using it to start this investigation. Exactly. So all of the intelligence community knew that it was a hoax. I mean, you had, I mean, well, even there's even text of Peter Strzok saying, we know there's no real there. There's no there there. Yeah. So they knew what they were doing. There's some useful idiots that buy into it. I mean, probably even within the FBI, there's some useful idiots that buy into it. Sure, sure. But Comey knew. Comey definitely knew. A guarantee. And all the media knew. I mean, that's the really mind-boggling thing, the thing that's hard to wrap your mind around, is that all of these people media in the media knew what was happening. They knew the dossier was false. They knew this was the intelligence community trying to, quote-unquote, get back at Trump. But yet they sold it to the American people as if it were a real thing anyway. They don't care. They don't care about truth. Truth in journalism is dead. Died a long time ago. And you can make the argument, and some people do, that it's just for clicks, which I I think that there's some truth to that. But at the same time, they also have an ideological bent, and they will print what is in, you know, what benefits that ideology. See, and that's where they... Because we've seen it over... I was just going to say that's where they cross the line from being a platform to going to a publisher when they do things well, like we're that. We're talking about media here. We're talking I know, about but I'm... publishers, but they're, they're pushing a particular point of view. And even that is their right to do as long as they're clear about what they're doing. You know, when you listen to Hannity or Rachel Maddow, for that matter, you know that this person has an ideology that they're trying to sell. Right. And they've got opinions. Sure. Right. So you're aware of that. But when you're, you know, uh, NBC or CBS and you're trying to sell that what you're presenting is objective, that's a totally different thing. And if you're going to be. But they knew this. Yeah. If you're going to be biased, at least let us know. That's what you're saying. Right. But they knew this. They knew that this was all false and they knew that it was being pushed by the intelligence community as a way to get Trump, but they sold it to the American people as if it were something real, as if it were a fact. And as we've talked about, you still have useful idiots out there that are going to go to their grave thinking that Trump colluded with Russia. When Mueller himself has said, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. 
I mean, they totally brainwashed these people. And it's That's still going on. I mean, it's still going on today. They they're still trying. People. They're still trying. Yeah. Yeah, they're not done. Because it's now it's their own hide on the line. So they've they got to keep pushing it. Otherwise, they're going down. Yeah. Uh, so we played. I played the clip yesterday, the old clip from Phil Mudd, but there's a new clip from him that I think might be even more telling than the older one. Uh, and this mm-hmm. was from just a couple days ago, right? This was from, yeah, three days ago. He was talking to Don Lemon. And, again, think about his position. Think about where he, what Phil Mudd has, has done in his career. He's worked for the CIA. He's worked directly under Bob Mueller at the FBI. I mean, this guy knows how things operate. You know what I mean? It's not as if he's yeah. some, you know, low-level staffer who might have an indication of what goes on. I mean, he was the number two. So this dude knows under what's Robert going on. Mueller. Yeah, under Mueller. And I, you know, has he talked to Mueller during this investigation? I don't know. Does it matter? He probably knows people who are working with Mueller on the investigation, or he knows people who know them. You know what I mean? He's he's got yeah exactly. He's got some connections. Okay, and so for you know for somebody like I don't know like a Sean Hannity or you know somebody in the news saying. It's one thing for somebody in the news with a source to say, hey, this this investigation kind of got underway and under some shady circumstances. It's completely another when, again, a Democrat, I'm, it, I don't know if he's a Democrat or not, but he is a Democrat because he works for CNN. He sure sounds like You one. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if he's really, de- he might be a Republican in the same way that Robert Mueller's a Republican. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. By name only. Yeah. So, but he says, and, and this is a guy, again, he is like the source. He's saying, telling Don Lemon that if they're going to get Trump, they better impeach him and they better do it soon because things are about to get ugly. The Department mm-hmm. of Justice are going to conclude the investigations to how this investigation itself was initiated. Right. I'm going to predict to you that that is going to go ugly early. In other words, the Democrats have a clock ticking. If they can't get things underway before the Department of Justice says, Here's our report on how the how the investigation was initiated. They're in trouble because the Department of Justice, I'm going to tell you, is going to say, when this thing got started about the Trump campaign, it was pretty ugly. And then we're off to the races. The, the, the White House will have some real ammo. But but the White House will have some real flat, ammo. He flat out says that basically when we find out how this investigation started, it's going to be ugly. Uses his word, ugly. Yes. Wow. So there you have it. There in, you go. <laughs> in their own words, yet again, there they are saying that, you know, he knows. He knows that he, rules were broken and that this was mm-hmm. all based on some Russian propaganda. Shady. Yeah. So yeah. once we find that out, once we learn that for sure, beyond, you know, a shadow of a doubt, it's going to get real good. Now, to that end, if, if we're done with that, I wanted to talk about this story that came out from John Solomon yesterday. That we ba- This is news that we basically broke. Back on May the 8th, you called this story. And this is, uh, this is the title of, of John Solomon's story. Key figure that Mueller report linked to Russia was a State Department intel source. Now, the person they're, ta- right. now, the person they're talking about here is Constant- Constantin... Konstantin Kalimnik. Kalimnik is the name that we mentioned. I don't even know if we ever mentioned his first name. But Konstantin Kalimnik is that guy who 
you met with Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, he was having meetings with State Department officials here in the U.S. And that's what right. tipped you off to the fact that he might be working with the FBI. Is you found that story in the New York Times saying that. And again, if you want to go back and listen to this, we talked about this. Our May 8th episode, Democrats are desperate. About 21 minutes into that episode is when we start talking about uh, this Kalimnik guy. And you had the story from the New York Times that said that uh, he was working that he was meeting with meeting. state department officials yeah early 2017 and that and that's what made you go wait a second this guy's probably working with the FBI but in the Mueller report right in the Mueller report they make him out to be this nefarious scary russian who was not only meeting with uh, papadopoulos but who paul manafort was passing sensitive polling data to is this right, is this so why Manafort ended up at polling data? Yeah, is this why Manafort ended up at Rikers Island? It's because he knows this Kalimnik guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Mortgage fraud and and you know you don't go to Rikers Island for mortgage that, fraud. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just. It was just obvious on its face. If you, the New York Times is talking about how he's meeting with senior State Department officials, then, you know, that's not adding up that he's, you know, super scary Russian dude. So John Solomon actually did some research and he is actually um, a high level source. He's a high level source for the FBI and State Department since at least 2013. Yeah. So there you go. And I, John Solomon doesn't come out and say it because he doesn't, you know, probably have the evidence. But my suspicion would be that he was working for this for the Russia investigation. Basically, they put him up to going to see Papadopoulos and all this. So it's going to come out eventually, I believe. Well, it's already out. I mean, the fact that you know the FBI knew that he was a source, but none of that was included in the in the in the Mueller report. In fact, in the Mueller report, they make him out to be this nefarious Russian who they know nothing about. I mean, that's that's the cover up right there. That's obstruction of justice right there. Right. It's the lie by omission. Yeah. Because they're painting a totally false picture, and that's what I keep trying to tell liberals. You believe this totally false reality that the media and the intelligence communities have created. It doesn't have any resemblance to actual reality. And if you would just do a little bit of research, you could find this out yourself. You know what I mean? If all you ever did was read John Solomon's story, you would... (laughs) If that's all you did was read (laughs) his stories, you would know. But they're conditioned to just, oh, it's John Solomon, I'm just going to dismiss it. Even though he's like one of the best reporters out there. Uh, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's won awards. He hasn't even always been, you know, he hasn't always worked for The Hill. I can't remember who he used to work for, but it was a more um, liberal news outfit that he used to, you know, that we'd all know. So they just have been conditioned to dismiss and reject any kind of information that that counters the narrative. But it's like, you know, if you don't believe me, you don't believe John Solomon, whatever, go do your own research because that New York Times story about Kalimnik I just found by using Google. Yeah. I was just researching Kalimnik and I read the article on the New York Times and I was like, hey, wait a second. 
he's meeting with State Department senior officials. And he's some nefarious Russian? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then John Solomon, obviously, you know, has done the research and has the the connections that he was actually working for them. Well, that makes sense. I didn't think he was probably meeting with them as like, you know, a social. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, it wasn't Uh, a serendipitous encounter. Yeah. So, um, so the information's out there. You know, so these liberals could find it on their own without anybody telling them, but they don't care. They don't want to know. Straight from their own source, the New York Times. Straight from a source that yeah. they trust. Yeah. So why is Mueller out there misrepresenting <clears throat> reality in a way that gives an impression to people of something nefarious happening when, in fact, you know, it's totally the reality normal. is much different. And again, they talk about exculpatory evidence. You know, he has a duty if he's going to tell something to the American people, if he's an honest person, like they try to paint him. as, Right. Then he needs to tell the whole story so that people understand the context. Yeah. Instead of just trying to, you, you can't, know, yeah, you can't mislead you, the American people. Exactly. Well, and then, you know, you talk about wanting to obfuscate the facts here. What about the voicemail that was selectively edited that we just heard the voicemail from trump's lawyer to flynn's lawyer i mean start putting all these circumstantial pieces of evidence together here you know the intelligence we've established with that and with this calumny thing i think we've established that Mueller is not an honest arbiter oh no there's no way i mean you don't i mean we've known that for a long time but you know if you're talking with liberals if you're talking with people on the other side that have um, you know, make the assumption that he's honest. You just show him these two things. If he's honest, if what he has is real, then he doesn't need to misrepresent the truth. Which he has done very concretely on two separate occasions now. That we know of. That we know. So and that's far. what I'm saying is these are the two that have come out already. I mean, what else is going to come yeah. out? What other facts are going to be brought to light here? Judging by the demeanor that Mueller had in that statement that he gave, I'm guessing there's going to be more, you know what I mean? And think think about this in terms of all the information that we know now. We know that before this all started, the intelligence community was angry and out to get Trump. We know that because that's what the Democrats told us. We know now that there's facts in the dossier that were misrepresented. He got a whole team of Clinton lawyers to try and, you know... (laughs) work on this this report i mean all the evidence together points to the fact that this was bogus from the start and that they were just trying to take down trump because they didn't like him i mean i it's it's been obvious for a while but man it's so crystal it's becoming so crystal clear now i know so everyone that is i won't even say on our side i'll say anyone that's an independent thinker that can look at evidence and weigh evidence and you know draw common sense conclusions has already figured this out so now there's just a percentage of useful idiots some of whom you'll never be able to convince and maybe it's not even worth it to convince them but um you know it's kind of important for us to keep talking about this because like i like we've talked about they're going to be putting pressure on bar to try to minimize the damage so they're going to really try to pressure him to come out with, you know, well, mistakes were made kind of thing. 
and not go too far on the prosecutions and all that. So it's up to us to really push for prosecutions. You know, public opinion does matter. The voices that are being out there and the, and the um, well, the narrative, I guess, if you want to call it that, it matters. That's why the media pushes their narrative so hard. That's why they pay people to be trolls online and be, you know, posting all this stuff over and over and over again. Because, yeah, because it, it does, does matter. matter. Public perception does matter. Yeah. So it's up to us to get these, you know, to get these pieces of information out and to try to help people see that, hey, this was not at all. This was not at all normal. And well, not normal. And it's not an honest investigation. You know, just all the stuff that we know. Yeah. That the, these guys were out to get Trump and none of this had any basis in reality. Yeah. The facts don't line up with the story that you're trying to tell us. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that this is a big reason why YouTube right now and Carlos Maza at Vox are targeting yeah. Steven Crowder because they, you know, when when you get to a certain point where it, you can't win just based on your rhetoric anymore and the other side has just totally destroying you with facts, that's all you have left is to try to shut them down and shut them up. And that's what we're seeing right yeah. now. A lot of independent journalists in what's being called the Vox Adpocalypse Crowder's been demonetized. A lot of other independent journalists are getting caught in the crossfire. In fact, if you want to, if you want to really find out how how many people are being affected by this, go follow Tim Pool on Twitter. Thankfully, he's been spared. But you know, he's another guy, well, independent course, independent journalist. Well, Tim Pool. Yeah, I mean, he's he's his ideology is left. He just happens to be the one honest leftist out there <laughs> sure there's there's a, there's a couple but i wouldn't know, i don't pool know if i i don't know if i'd go as far as to call tim pool a leftist i mean he's definitely not a he's leftist a liberal. he might be a liberal I shouldn't say leftist he's a liberal and i yes. and he might not even be that far liberal anymore these days but you know there are some people who would just you know share news clips right of of people talking about you know, for example, the the kid who ran into the girl at Charlottesville or whatever, I don't I don't remember his yeah. name. I don't remember his name, and it's not important. I don't want to. But he had a video. One of these journalists had a video of that kid, you know, chanting the whatever the Nazi things he was chanting. He's he had video of that, and that his channel got striked for that. I mean, again, this is news, right? I mean, he's filming this yeah. as a news event. Obviously, he doesn't support what the guy is saying. He's just filming it as a news event. And I mean, this is scary right. because this is one that is actually, you know, like he is a liberal. That guy, the, the news right. reporter, you know, he's a leftist. You know, obviously what the dude did was bad and all that. But I mean, his video gets taken down and he agrees with them. How scary is that? That even people on their yeah. side that agree with their narrative are having their videos taken down because YouTube doesn't know what the hell it's doing. Well, and I think that you, it was you who told me that even people that have old Nazi speeches just as a historic uh, yeah. record yeah. are being taken down. And that is so important because if you listen to the Nazi speeches and you listen to Mao's speeches and you listen to Stalin's speeches, I mean, they were all promising the same kinds of things that Democrats are promising today. You know, you have to understand... People always think, you know, 
when when they talk about Hitler or they talk about Mao or whatever, it's like, oh, that's ridiculous, blah blah blah. Well, these people didn't come to power saying overnight oh, I'm kill millions of people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it didn't, and it didn't gonna, happen overnight. You know, or you're going to starve to death or any of this stuff. No, they promised stuff, free stuff. They promised free stuff, and they promised utopia. And they make all these wonderful speeches about how wonderful everything's going to be in their utopia. And that's how they get power. So, I mean, it's important just from that perspective to be able to compare the promises they made with the promises that people are making today. Well, you're going to, you made a, (laughs) you had a good idea. We're going to have to play some clips of Nazi propaganda or communist propaganda and then compare it with democratic propaganda and see if we can... See if we can play a little guessing game and figure out which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, history is really important. And it's it's almost like 1984. Yeah, when they start deleting know? history here. I mean, because they, what they don't want is what they don't want you to realize that communist propaganda sounds a lot like the Democratic Party of today. That's what they don't want you realizing. Right. And oh. I mean, just the idea, to me, it's just mind-boggling just the idea that you are going to censor people is just, it just boggles my mind. And don't, know? and don't give me this crap about Twitter's a private company or Facebook's a private company and they can do whatever they want and make you fall. No, because you know, there's a, there's a clear double standard rules apply to mm-hmm. some that don't apply to the other. And this is actually a really good time for me to mention the court case Marsh versus Alabama. Now this Maybe you've heard about it before, maybe you haven't, but this was a case in which a company basically owned a town. It was like a, I can't remember if it was like a mining town or electrical company or what it was, but the company basically built and owned the entire town mm-hmm. for its employees to live in. And Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. came by passing out religious material. Local sheriff arrested them, said, you can't do that, you're trespassing. The ruling was made that since the area was a public place and that it was accessible by anybody in the public, that the, the, that the amendment rights, the First Amendment and Fourteenth Amendment rights, must be protected and that they could hand out the religious material because this was a public place open for anybody to use. So, I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Obviously, I don't know the nuances of law. But to me, that's a, that's a pretty remarkably similar case that you could have precedent yeah. from, right? I mean, Facebook, Google, yeah. Twitter, they're public places. Everybody can use those. Right. And if you want to apply, you know, these special rules, then maybe we should talk about the fact that you're publishing material and you're not a platform for publishers anymore. Yeah. So those are both good routes to take in order to force these companies to um, you know, act as they're supposed to act as pu- public platforms. And if they're going to be a publishing company, they need to be liable for what they're publishing. Um, but that First Amendment ruling is really good. I'm kind of surprised that no one has actually sued them yet. I know, you because know? So, uh, that's the thing, right? Is somebody has to have been harmed by it. Somebody who's been, and I'm sure that right. somebody's tried. With everybody who's been suspended from Twitter, I mean, Chuck Johnson, the one of the first years ago, I, I, he had to have tried it. I don't, I don't know how well, it ended the, up, but the silver lining to this idea of them mass censoring people and mass banning people is that it's going to be more tempting for a lawyer to take this on 
because if you have a class action suit that's going to result it's in a, a lot more lucrative yeah. liability, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a lot more lawyers that are going to be willing to take them on and, you know, willing to go the distance with that. So I'm, I'm sure, I feel sure that at some point down the line, we're going to see that. And I don't think, I don't think they'll be successful. I really don't. I think that the, that they will be censured by the Supreme Court when it gets that far. But here's the problem right now. They're just worried about 2020. Right. This is literally an effort to affect the election in 2020. And all of that isn't going to happen before 2020. No, no, that that would take a lot longer than than a couple of years. And at this well, point, we're yeah, not even two years from year 2020. At yeah. This point. Yeah. So it ain't going to happen that fast. So we're going to, you know, so we're going to have to work around it for now. Um, but I, I think there's going to be alternatives. And it sounds like Stephen Crowder's maybe even thinking about making an alternative platform. Yeah. Or and joining one of the I alternatives was, or something like that. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, what we should do is make a conservative alternative and then ban liberals. Yeah. Just yeah. Just to, just to them. let you see how just it like, feels. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but just so that it's like, I don't want to listen to your crap anymore. You have plenty of places you can go whining, spew to each I'm other. Sick of your complaining. Yeah. I'm sick of your manipulating because all of this stuff, all of this social media stuff that comes from the left, it's not organic. You know, sure, they get a bunch of useful idiots to, um, you know, pipe in and start echoing their talking points. But all of it's driven by companies like Media Matters and that Share have Blue. very specific yep. strategies yep. to manipulate public opinion. It's not on, it's not an organic grassroots movement. And by the way, it's all manipulated. Yeah, and that's a that you bring me to a good closing point and that is that Carlos Maza, the guy who's at the center of trying to get Steven Crowder taken down right now, who's working with Fox, he used to work for Media Matters for America. He works exactly. with David Brock, okay? Open your eyes, see what's going on. All right, with that, we'll, well end. And, uh, we're out of time. We're, we're over 30 minutes. You got something quick? <laughs> oh, I I was just going to say out there somewhere, there's a there's like a handbook that tells you exactly how they're going to do it. They actually distributed it and somebody leaked it. Is that the Communist Man? Oh, the Media Matters one. Yeah, you're right. You can find that yeah. on the internet now. Yeah. So go yep. look for that. All right, we'll see you next time, hopefully Monday, right? Unless we get really ambitious, yep. really big news comes out, and we'll do one over the weekend. But uh, have a good weekend. Happy Friday, everybody.